Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, you booked the big studio again. Yeah, I thought that what's better than nature? That's right. You know? Hot nature. Hot nature. Really hot nature. You know, as the preseason winds down here, Eric, the guys, they put so much work out on this field. Blood, sweat, tears, maybe a little puke here and there. Yep. Eric, I figured it would be only fitting for us to join them on this field and do what we do best. Sweat. Talk about the Broncos. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. So we're outside. It's uh, really, really bright out. So we have to wear sunglasses. The future, I think, of this team is so bright. Yeah, that you're wearing the sunglasses. We got to wear shades. Otherwise, uh, we'd have eye problems later on in life. (laughs) You wouldn't want that. No. But also, you're pretty cool. Yeah, cool customer. You would wear sunglasses. Cool, calm, and collected. Like you told me, I'm wearing my sunglasses no matter what today. And I was like, Yeah, if we're inside, outside, I'm wearing them. It didn't matter. Eric, of course, uh, the Broncos are getting set to face the Minnesota Vikings. It's the final preseason game of the season. Thank goodness. Yes. Just like uh, Nathaniel Hackett, I think most fans agree. I certainly know that we agree. We don't really like the preseason. Let's get to the real stuff. Yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for that Seattle game for a very, very long time. Yeah, since at least May. Now it's almost here. For me, even longer. Yeah, because you kind of knew what the schedule was going to be. Like, in my brain, I thought yeah. about it. What do you I think? I kind of like, knew. Like that week, uh, Russ and the Broncos obviously facing Seattle. Yep. And then also uh, Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers are going to be facing the Cleveland Browns. Uh-huh. The schedule makers, they kind of like, they know what's going on. They know what they're doing. They know what they're they doing. They predicted the trade that came after the schedule came out. They're that good. Yeah. I believe that. So we're going to spend this podcast talking about whether Geno Smith or Drew Locke should start I know for you the Seattle Seahawks. You would love to talk about that. <laughs> Pete Carroll says they have two number ones. Yeah. You know who says that? Coaches that don't have a number one yeah. quarterback. Well, I was going to say one plus one equals two, and that's what they got. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what... That's a great headline, you know? That's a great headline. I think that's what I think. Phil and Eric anyway. pick the, the Seahawks starter. Who do you think should start? I just think that out of uh, pure, like, purely what the best story is going to be, and that yeah. would be Drew. So that's what I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, Plus, we know Drew, Eric. We want him to have true. success. That's true. You know, we, I think, want, we want him to go on and do well. That's true. We don't have any animosity no. against But Drew, Geno so. Smith is going to start that football game. Do you think so? Yeah. Wow. I really do. That's going to be that would be kind of a letdown if you ask me. Not as exciting, but yeah. Unfortunately, I've seen the future, and that's what's going to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like the schedule. You, of course, last year at about the same time said that Drew Locke was going to start the season okay, opener yeah. for so the we're Broncos. We're talking about uh, we are talking about what position battles. What what areas on this team are we paying attention to heading into this Vikings game? What's still up for grabs out there, Eric? Yeah, backup quarterback. That's what I was talking about. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. I looped it all the way around. Yeah. So there's a couple of areas where – how many spots do you think are still available? Four or five, something like that? Yeah, somewhere in that range. I think that there's probably still a couple of questions that they want to see get answered here in this Vikings game. But uh, after that, it's everything else is probably just about wrapped up, I would say. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of guys. Obviously, the starters are locked in at this point, we think. Yeah. Got the uh, maybe even the two deep. But there are there are some places I think where if you're 
could be right on the bubble. You do enough this weekend, you could push things in your favor. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and then Eric, we're going to hear from uh, maybe the star of this camp, uh, maybe maybe not the star, but one of the stars, one of the one of the uh, bright spots that maybe people didn't really know coming into camp all about this guy. We're going to hear from him. Me, Brandon Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's he. After me, he's. I was going to say really because now option. you know where he went to college, right? Yeah, Central Florida, of Central, course. Of course, as I told you last week. Yeah, and before that, he went to Tennessee. Yeah, which you should have known that. Of course. Yeah, so uh, we're going to hear from him. I had a chance to uh, chat with him after practice. It's a good get. Yeah, I think that uh, he he might have a little bit of work left to do, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Happens. He's right so, on. He's right in that conversation. But he certainly made some waves. I would say. Ooh, a lot of waves. Yeah, and the the team was surfing him. Is that okay. it? Okay. I don't, did that work? I don't know if that worked. I don't know. I'm not sure if that worked, but there was there was something there. There's something we're close. I don't know if I did it right. No. <laughs> I don't think I did it right. <laughs> Unfortunately. Unfortunately. You tried. You tried. Um, what else do you want to talk about here? I, that could be I think really that's nice. That's probably a nice That's little what people want to know. Yeah. The, with the with guard, we'll talk a little bit about the wide receiver spot yeah. a little bit later on because there's a lot of talk about the depth of in that room there, Eric. Yep. I'm not sure how important that is. Ooh, yeah. Phil. That's what, depth equals bad. That's what we call in the business a tease. Yeah. Depth is good, but maybe it's not as important as maybe some people are. People have about. called you that, haven't they? Depth. <laughs> I yeah. don't think so. Nobody's, yeah. nobody's. No, it's, no one's accused you of having depth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't think so? Wow. Know. All right, so uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, the Broncos official YouTube page, you'll know that we're recording this with the practice field as our backdrop. And uh, while you're watching, you should just leave a comment. Leave a comment, smash that subscribe button. Yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Something like that. Yeah, it's kind of like an alert. Yeah. You've subscribed. Exactly. That's because, Eric, this is an interactive podcast. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's what this is all about. All about. Yeah, some some people still don't like the way we intro the show. No, but, but we, we don't it. really care. We love that. So, well, in addition to YouTube, Phil, how else you yeah, can leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail dot com. That's one of the best ways to do it. You can leave a voicemail at seven zero seven neutral, straight to voicemail. Straight to voicemail. Couple of beeps though. Couple of beeps apparently. Yeah, we have one voicemail to get to today. We do. It's a nice one. And then uh, you can also tweet at us on Twitter. At Eric Dalala with an A. With an A. At Phil Milani with a PH. Yep. Non-traditional spellings. Those are, of course, non-traditional spellings. Yep. Or, Eric, or Broncos podcasts. Co- uh, podcasts. Po- yeah. Podcast? Cats. Yeah. Pod- uh, not a podcat guy, but a podcats guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, there's been some confusion about how to spell Phil. Has there? Yeah, like there are people. Some people are confused with the ph, but of course we know that the traditional way of Phil is F I L. F I L. Yeah, of course. So I guess I don't know. You can't help. You can't say. help people that don't want to be helped. I think is exactly something that I've heard. Um, I think when, someone said that about you. Yeah. Man, a lot of comments about <laughs> a lot me. Of, huh? yeah, yeah, a lot of comments. Um, I was when you said about. Uh, a cat's guy, you know. That's of course in your Twitter bio. Of course, that you're no, at Eric Delala. A lot of people like to have like a little funny line in their in, Twitter bio. In their Twitter bio. Uh huh. This week we were talking in the office about our favorite cereals. 
like oh, a breakfast cereal. Uh-huh. And I said that mine was Raisin Bran. That, that that makes a lot of sense. I wasn't there for that conversation, but that makes yeah. a lot of sense. I think you were probably sense. working somewhere. Yeah, I was I, yeah, just grinding. Yeah. And I said Razor Bran, and Ben Swanson said, you should put that in your Twitter bio, that Razor Bran's your favorite cereal. Because that's kind of like a little funny... Do you want people to unfollow you? Uh, I, I will, I'll go to bat for Razor Bran. Oh, okay. What is your... Well, I don't really have cereal very much, but if it was... I know, but everybody grew up eating cereal. Okay, Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. Yeah. That's good. That's a nice one. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. No, of course not. Either is Raisin Bran. No. But it could be if they wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, as a real little kid, Lucky Charms, obviously, is like the go-to. See, but... I didn't like Lucky Charms. Okay. I also like Frosted Mini Wheats. Oh, my goodness. I don't yeah. know if I want to do this show with you anymore. Does that say a lot about a person? Yes, it says. I, I sort of feel like it does. For a guy that's concerned about being a dork. Uh, no, I'm not. That's not me. Right, but Frosted Mini Wheats is like the official cereal of being like a dork. I don't think so. I think that everybody's wrong and I'm right. <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, that's how you live life, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so anyway, maybe I'll add that. What do you think? Should I add that? Yeah. Please, weigh it. Should I add that Raisin Bran is my favorite cereal? I just think it's great. I like it. I like the. I don't How often like do you eat sweet. that now? Not that often. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I eat uh, oatmeal because it's good for your heart. Yeah. Uh, little fruit parfait, and then also eggs. I'm a big fan of eggs. Of course. Yeah. So, should we get to some it. football? Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to our first topic of conversation here on this episode of the Neutral Zone, and that is what position should we pay attention to against the Vikings here? that there's still some spots up for grabs. Yeah, I mean, I think almost every spot, or almost every position, like at the very end of that group, I think you can make an argument that they're all up for grabs. Like at, maybe not running back, but offensive line certainly, tight end, uh, defensive line, uh, inside linebacker. But we'll pick a couple, of course, to, to focus on. And I think one is the quarterback position. Yeah, of course. And obviously that's a very... Uh, front-facing position and it gets a lot of attention for good reason you're one snap away from playing a really important role for this team um, I do truly still think it's up in the air whether it's going to be Josh Johnson or Brett Rippon um, we talked earlier Phil I think about you know was the backup quarterback even on this roster or would they go out and, and search the waiver wire or search free agency for somebody I think we've seen enough from Brett and from Josh they've improved their play they've gotten better where I would expect one of those guys is going to be your week one backup, backup. quarterback um, but I do really think that with as well as Brett played against Buffalo, if he can come out and put together a strong performance, he's going to make things really difficult on the front office to make a decision. Yeah, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, Josh Johnson obviously came out and had a great game uh, against the Cowboys, looked very good. Then last week he was going up against the Bills starters for a little bit there, played the whole first half. And then Brett Reppin came in, played – a little bit better, I would say, than Josh Johnson last week. Certainly enough that the Broncos coaches were like, Brett deserves a chance to start this final game against the Vikings. So Brett Rippon will start this game. I asked him what changes there going in as a starter. Just maybe a little bit of a different mindset. You know, you go through the warm-up knowing that you're going to go in right away versus let's just have a sort of a relaxed warm-up knowing that you're not going to play until the second half there. So your mentality changes a little bit. And I think that Brett's going to have to go out and, and wow a little bit in order to steal that job. I would say that Josh Johnson, probably it's his job to lose. We see uh, Dalton Reisner leaving there. He's, 
I think he said, yeah, follow on the Broncos official YouTube page. Yep. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Dalton. Yep. Um, so I would say that it's probably his job to lose, if I were to guess, Eric. Uh, but I do think that Brett has shown enough that I don't think you could slide him onto the practice squad or something at this point. Yeah. And he maybe has played enough where the Broncos would even consider possibly keeping three quarterbacks uh, on the roster here. We saw that happen last year where uh, he was on the practice squad, but or was heading that way. Couldn't really. He did. He was on the practice squad for a little a bit, team and then tight, a team tried to sign him away, and so they moved him up the yeah. active roster last year. That's right. So clearly, he's good enough to be in the conversation there. So I do think if he goes out and plays well enough this week, he could take that backup job. But it's going to have to take a little bit more than what we've seen so far. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that they can't both out and they can't both go out and like turn in the same performance. I think a tie would go to Josh. Yeah. Um, but a really good performance. Brent might be able to tick the scales. I do think one thing I appreciate is that Nathaniel Hackett said he's earned this with his play, so he's going to get that. And I think if you're a player, you love to see that, hey, if I go out there and I do what you tell me to do and I practice hard and I play well, I'm going to get an opportunity. Because there are some, you know, it's just true. There are some coaching staffs, they've already decided in their minds what's going to happen. And so you can go out there, you can practice hard every day, you can try as hard as you want. It might not matter. If you're a player and you hear and you see this and you say, you know, you're an undrafted guy or you're a late round draft pick and you see, okay, you know what, if I go out there and prove it, I'm going to get that chance. That only encourages encourages you to work even harder. So I like to see that. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if you keep three or not. It, it, it obviously depends on some other roster mechanics. There's going to be some guys you're going to have to carry into the regular season that are injured. So you're going to have to adjust for that. Um, and, I, you know, I guess at some point I just wonder, Hey, if this guy's going to be the three, if you view Brett as a potential long-term backup and you want to keep him for one more year as a third guy, it makes sense. But um, to just kind of indefinitely carry a third quarterback just for the sake of it, I don't know if it makes yeah. sense. Maybe they're just like uh, a little unsure to make that decision yeah. maybe right now. But uh, I would say that consistency is probably the most important thing. We saw good consistency from both of those guys all throughout camp in the first two preseason games. Uh, but I do think that Brett might need to like he's gotten like close to the end zone a couple of times where they haven't been able to get it in. You know, they did score the one touchdown last week, but there had been several times versus the Cowboys and then last week versus the Bills where they couldn't quite execute down there. If he's able to get in, I think we're talking about a different situation here right now. So he has played well, but hasn't had that, uh, you know, that home run ball or able to like really uh, clearly set apart himself from Josh, where maybe if he had scored those touchdowns, he would have been able to. Yeah, I think the, the big thing is it's just more of a projection with Brett because Josh has played a ton of football. He's played for 14 teams across. Maybe even more. Yeah, more. I think so, almost I think 15 he's played years. for the 49ers three times. <laughs> I think it's Third time was a charm or no? It was not. Okay. Yeah. Um, Josh obviously brings a lot of leadership. Great guy to be around. Um, so Brett is just a little bit more of a projection. And so... Again, when you're making a decision of which guy do we want backing up Russ, for a team that has division championship aspirations, you got to decide, okay, well, have we seen enough to, to trust that a guy who has one career start is able to do this? And again, yeah. that might be why Brett might need to show even more to say, hey, I'm going to make up for this lack of experience. Yeah. And I do think that like uh, both of those guys would be qualified to just sort of be out there and carry the team a couple weeks. Yeah, necessary. I, yeah. I think I would at this point feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I don't think you're automatically mailing in a loss, which is yeah, what you're yeah. trying to avoid with a backup quarterback. Exactly. 
Uh, let's talk about a couple other positions yeah, of here. Course. Uh, one area that I think has been interesting is tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought that maybe uh, we would have seen more from Albert O in the preseason games. We've seen him do it out here at practice, but when he's actually put on the uniform and, and played in the games, haven't quite seen it just yet. Uh, certainly not w- with the blocking aspect of his game. And, uh, you know, with Greg Dulcich uh, being sidelined with injury here, slowly working his way back on onto the field. I'm just wondering where you think the Broncos sit right now at tight end. Yeah, I mean, it's this is a position that I think is going to – someone somewhere else on the roster is going to get cut because of this position, I think. Because with Greg Dulcich being hurt, and you know, we heard Nathaniel Hackett the other day saying, we're doing everything we possibly can to get him back, but he's just not back. And he hasn't done team in a while. Um, yeah. I, I would be surprised at this point if he plays week one. I mean, yeah. maybe he makes a recovery and is able to go, but if – you know, I wouldn't expect him to play 50 snaps week one at this point, certainly. Um, so you're going to keep him. You're going to keep Albert O, I would think. You're going to keep uh, Andrew Beck as a fullback. You need that in this system. And then you come down to Eric Saubert and Eric Tomlinson. And I think there's a really good chance that, obviously, you sign Tomlinson to be a blocking tight end. He's done a nice job. You need a guy that you can depend on to block, especially if, you know, Albert O still seems to be trying to improve that part of his game. Um, and then Russ, obviously, has he's spoken at length about how he feels about Eric Saubert. And so they've got a history there in Seattle together. And so that's a guy that I think you got to keep an eye on too. And so it really wouldn't surprise me if they keep all those guys, you know, five tight ends. One of those guys is kind of a a hybrid with Andrew Beck. Um, But I guess if you're looking at, Hey, where do I think there's a competition? It might be between Tomlinson and Saubert. Yeah. I I agree with your assessment there because Albert O is definitely going to make it then and then i obviously dulcich is too andrew beck is too valuable on special teams he plays a lot of special teams where there's no way i, I don't think that there's any way that they move on from him and they need a okay. fullback in this offense. And, and they need some sort of a fullback and so then now it's down to saubert and tomlinson saubert has gotten a lot of reps with russ like throughout throughout camp so far here so uh, and you mentioned their history i don't think I don't think he's out either. So, uh, and obviously they added Tomlinson, who's done a nice job blocking here. So it's going to be interesting at, at a tight end. It is, it is possible they keep all of them, but that just seems like that seems crazy to keep five. Well, and you know, it could be a situation where, and I'm, I'm just speculating here. Maybe, maybe Dulcich isn't close to ready and you keep him for one day and put him on short term IR yeah. and you bring back a guy or maybe, you carry those players for a while, and then you know the, the initial fifty-three is a little bit fluid. Uh, it's fluid. Uh, a guy who's on the roster one day, and you know maybe we'll talk about this with a couple other spots. But the Broncos could have an initial fifty-three, and then put in some waiver claims for some guys getting released by other teams, and then the next day that position group looks different. And so just keep in mind that if you know five tight ends make it, doesn't necessarily mean. There's going to be five tight ends in there week one or that they're going to be there five weeks from then. So, yeah. um, But until until Greg Dulcich is ready, you need a little bit of a security blanket. Are you concerned about the position overall, though? Maybe not just specifically the players, but like, is this an area of concern? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say on the offensive side, it's probably the, the weak spot or the biggest area of, you know, the biggest question mark just because you haven't seen the third-round pick do much out here. Um, Albert O., has flash, but also I would say it's been an inconsistent camp. Obviously, if if Nathaniel Hackett needs to see him play in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, you know that means that they need to see more from him. They want him to get more reps. Uh, 
and then you've got a couple of guys and Eric Saubert and Eric Tomlinson that you know are good quality death players but I, I don't think that either one of those guys is going to catch six touchdowns and so um yeah it, it's a position to watch um listen there's there's very few tight ends across the league that are truly game-changing tight ends I'm not sure if the Broncos you know we'll see what we get from Dulcich the Broncos I don't know if that at this moment if you can say they have one of those guys um but the good news is is you can find those guys anywhere you know George Kittle fifth round pick uh Travis Kelsey I believe a third round pick so it's possible that a guy like Dulcich or Alberto develops into one of those players but right now yeah I think the offensive production or the big offensive production might come from elsewhere yeah, I agree with you, Eric, just because Alberto, he cannot be a liability in the blocking the way he is. I mean, he's going to get someone hurt like that, or 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 he's just going to be an obvious tell. This way is is this, you know what I mean, when he's out there. So uh, I would pay attention to that position moving forward here and how much it's getting used and, and who makes this team. Uh, we'll talk a lot about wide receiver here in just a second. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're saving that for just a second. O-line quickly, if you want. I mean, not a lot of people know these guys' names, but who who are some guys you're paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty set. Um, I think the question is, you know, obviously you go down with the starters, and I am counting Billy Turner as a starter. I think you're going to get Calvin Anderson staying there. Um, Wattenberg is a guy backup center that's going to stay. I like him. Graham Glasgow, I think, is going to stay. Um, you know, Natani Muti, as he recovers from injury, I guess he'll stay. My big question is, do you keep a tackle like Cam Fleming to have that third guy and that's where you go from maybe eight linemen to nine linemen or nine linemen to 10 linemen and you know teams do different things there and so that's more of a a question of you know do we have enough flexibility um elsewhere on the roster to to make that work but I, i don't really view this as a one guy for one guy battle i view it more of a hey do we have enough room to keep an extra lineman yeah with where the with the way the rest of the roster is shaped up yeah, it's interesting because one of the things that Nathaniel Hackett really prioritizes on the offensive line is versatility. He likes it when guys can play multiple positions. One of the reasons why I think he likes that is I think he's going to dress seven on game day. That means you got two backups that can play all those positions yeah. if needed. So I don't know how much it makes sense to keep too many of these guys if you're only dressing seven on game day. So uh, I, I do think there is some – there might be a, a battle there. That, Seven gets yeah, tight. It is tight. It's tight. But that's why well, he likes the versatility. But there's a new the rule change where your game day roster can now be bigger. Yeah. You get an additional lineman. So if you want to take yeah. if you want to take advantage of that, you have to dress eight. Yeah. So that maybe changes the maybe. equation a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. As you go over to the defensive side, Phil, I think that there's an opportunity at really all three levels of the defense where maybe you could see a waiver claim being made. Um, I think at the defensive line, you're looking at guys like Matt Heddingson, McTelvin Aguim, Jonathan Harris competing for that last spot. You look at inside linebacker, um, you know, if they keep four, which the way the roster is built right now, I'm not even sure that that's going to happen. But, you know, is it is it Justin Cernat and um, Alex Singleton battling for a spot or you know, do you bring somebody in there? I think at defensive end for that last spot, you could bring somebody in inside linebacker and then cornerback now with Michael Ojemudia hurt. Um, do you bring somebody in or do you trust in a saying Bassey? Do you trust, uh, you know, a Fayon Hicks? 
those are kind of my questions there on the defensive side, but I could see waiver claims or, you know, free agents being picked up at any or all of those three spots. Okay. Let's, uh, let's just talk about a couple of positions there because I agree that there's some spots that are like, let's see what else happens around the league here. Um, a, a, a pass rusher here. Okay. I think we know Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb. Those are going to be your primary guys there behind them. Obviously Baron Browning. I think Nick Pedito, even though he's been swimming out there a little bit, his words. Yeah. Not mine. And Bradley Chubb's words. Bradley Chubb's words. Yeah. I uh, I think that obviously he's going to make the team here. So that that's four. Yeah. Okay. Behind that, Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper. How yep. do you think? Team, I mean, you're not going to keep six, you think? And teams typically they can, they can keep as few as four. Yeah. Um, I think a little bit of uncertainty at inside linebacker might help them keep an extra guy. I do think they'll end up going with five. I would, you know, we've we've talked about hey, where can you find extra draft picks moving forward and we talked about hey do you do you deal one of those guys i i think at this point with what we've seen from bonito the fact that randy gregory is still working his way back i I would want a proven guy and you know the proven guy is malik reed he started a lot of football games in this league he has the sacks i think he has the most sacks by an outside linebacker over the last two or three years by a bronco and so to me any sort of value that you'd get, I think that the benefit of keeping him outweighs that. Just because, I, Phil, I don't know if you can count on right now, if you need Nick Benito to go in there, I don't know if you can, you know, the run support was not great. Uh, obviously, he had a couple chances to get after the passer, but like you said, he's still figuring it out from a mental standpoint. And so I don't know if, you know, I don't say you dress for uh, outside linebackers on game day, given special teams contributions, I'm not sure if Bonito is is dressing at this moment. Yeah, and no, so uh, something to consider. I think it's going to lead them to keeping five inside linebacker or outside linebackers. I give the edge there to Malik Reed. Something's gonna. I mean, that might. I mean, what you just said there, we you kind of said it quickly there. Sorry, but that that might surprise some people. That hey, this was the Broncos' first pick this year, and he might not even be getting a jersey on game day. Right, because you you know you do have five to seven guys that are not able to get a jersey. It's kind yeah. of a kind of an interesting rule. You have this roster and then all those guys aren't allowed to play. Yeah. No, um, you kind of wonder like, well, why is that? And it's I think it's some competitive balance between teams who are dealing with injuries. Yeah. Uh, but obviously Gregory and Chubb are gonna dress. Baron Browning, you've seen enough from him. He can oh, yeah. move inside if you need. Yeah. Malik Reed, you trust. Play. He plays special teams. You then look at Nick Benito and you say, okay, well, you know, is he going to give me more than any of those guys? And right now I don't know no. if that's the case. And yep. so he's a guy that, you know, he might have to earn a Jersey and that'll, you know, that'll make news if, and when it happens, yep. Nathaniel Hackett will be asked about it. Yeah. But, uh, Hey, you got to earn your spot. And we talked about it at the very beginning players like when, you know, their, their performance is rewarded. It's got to go both ways. Uh, I'm glad that you said that, Eric. It's a nice transition into my next position, interior defensive line. Matt Henningsen has really, in my opinion, sort of uh, flashed here. I think that the coaching staff has recognized his high motor. I, I think that, uh, you know, if you give this guy a little bit of time, I think that he could be a quality player in this league. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I think, you know, Draymond Jones, DJ Jones, Deshaun Williams, Mike Purcell, and Yoma Wazirike, I think those guys are, are going to make the team. Yeah, that's five. You normally keep six, and so then you're talking about Matt Henningsen, 
McTelvin Aguim, uh, Jonathan Harris, those guys as your as three players maybe competing for one spot. And I like what you said about Henningsen. I think that's true. The only question I have is, is he big enough in the run game? Yeah. And so to me, maybe, and you know, we've seen McTelvin Aguim flash at times during camp too. And so I wonder if his size just gives him a little bit of an edge there. He's a former third round pick. Obviously Henningsen, Henningsen is a sixth round pick, I believe. And so maybe it's easier to sneak Henningsen to the practice squad and develop him there. You know, it's not like he's done too much in the preseason. It's not like he has four sacks and a couple of forced fumbles. He was close in that Cowboys game. But it, it, it will be a uh, an interesting decision. I just think with the way that the run defense looked against Buffalo, I think you got to consider, hey, do we need some bigger guys in there? And like any guy coming out of college, Henningson's uh, probably got to get a little bigger. I think, I think if you're talking about what spots are up for grabs, if Henningsen comes out and plays really well against the Vikings, of course, I think there's something up for grabs for him in particular. Of course, I agree. Okay, uh, inside linebacker, Eric, here the Broncos uh, brought in Joe Schobert and quickly showed him the door uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I would have thought maybe a second game here for him, but clearly what they saw on tape against the Bills, not, not cutting it. Yeah, I mean, I think right now, if you keep four, as I kind of briefly mentioned there before, there's not much of a competition. I think Josie Jonas, Josie Jonas. And then I think you see Alex Singleton and Justin Cernad as three and four in some order. Yep. You could debate that. Uh, like I mentioned, I think the bigger question is, Hey, if you're not comfortable with that and you go and you get a guy off waivers, yeah, Ooh. which one of those guys gets replaced? And I yeah. think that that's up for grabs. Obviously Justin Cernad, um, I think is a more athletic player in space. Alex Singleton might be the better run player. Justin Cernad maybe does a little bit more for you on special teams. So um, just something to consider there. They've been taking about equal reps there, filling in for Jonas. So there's not really a tell in terms of who has the edge. But I, I would keep an eye on that spot, maybe yeah. more than – maybe less than cornerback. But other than that, maybe like the second most – second highest spot where I think you could see another move there. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're looking at that position. That's why they brought in Schobert. Yep. So, like, there's some attention there. Um, and then in the secondary here, uh, at safety, obviously, we know Justin Simmons and uh, Kareem Jackson. Yeah. Behind them, we've seen uh, P.J. Locke have a very nice camp. Caden Stearns coming off his rookie season. I think those guys are established as one through four. Yeah. Maybe a guy like J.R. Reed plays a lot of special teams. You think that he could – Maybe with a strong performance this week. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that a strong performance could turn things. Uh, Delarian Turner-Yell, obviously a draft pick. He's a guy that could turn things. Um, most teams only keep four safeties. Yeah. And so, you know, again, if you keep five safeties, you got to figure out somewhere else to take away from that. Maybe you feel uh, at corner that you, um, you know, that there's not five guys or six because some teams keep six six corners for safeties maybe you maybe you keep it five and five um yeah i don't special teams obviously be a huge factor here. of course and you know so i think reed and turner yell are battling for a spot um and it'll be interesting to see kind of which guy has the edge i thought they both did some good things against buffalo in terms of coming up and making plays um i'm not sure who i'd give the edge to there i think it's pretty close Okay, and then uh, at the cornerback position, Pat Sertan is going to become one of the best in the league. Yep. I think we know that. Uh, we've seen uh, Ronald Darby and uh, Kwan Williams. 
these guys are all set. Yep. Those are the guys. But then behind them, uh, do you think it's a Damari Mathis who's the next guy up on the outside? Yeah. Maybe a, a same Bassey is another nickel guy. Yeah, I think that that's exactly right. I think that Damari is a lock. Um, he's played well. He's been good. Um, I've been impressed with what you've gotten from him. I think that Bassey is probably a guy that makes your initial roster. Um, and then it's just a question of, you know, hey, do you find – somebody else on waivers um you know Ojo Moody is going to be out for a while so yeah. he's this is not like a quick fix where he might be back soon similar deal to Jonas yeah which is but obviously happened to a, a four four week five or yeah four there. to six um obviously Jonas is on the it sounds like is on the early quick path, quick path of that recovery um yeah, I mean a saying has a chance because slot is like a is a unique position it's not the same thing as just finding a cornerback um that battle will be more will be trickier between a guy like Fayon Hicks, between Bless Austin, uh, Donnie Lewis Jr. I mean those those types of players. Um, and again, I, I th- hate to keep repeating this, but I think you could see someone come in off waivers and, and grab one of those spots. But but those top four of Sertan, Darby, Williams, uh, Damari Mathis are set, and then yeah. I, I do think Asang probably has a good chance of making yeah. this team. I think the important thing for all of these guys is to remember: you just want to control what you can control. Yep. Put the best stuff out on tape and then just see whatever happens. Right. And you're not just playing for a spot for the Broncos, but also the entire of course. league. So. And as we mentioned, we named four or five, six spots where we truly don't know what the plan is there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, exciting going into a final game. Absolutely. The one spot we haven't talked about, Eric, is wide receiver. We'll get to that in just a second. But first, uh, my conversation with rookie, undrafted rookie wideout, Brandon Johnson. Brandon, as an undrafted guy coming into camp here, what was your mindset? Um, just to try to prove myself, you know, anywhere I could, you know, in meetings, how I meet, uh, on the field, route running, catching the ball, special teams, just, just trying to prove myself anywhere I can. I, they, they said everything counts and everything's being evaluated, so just trying my best. And when a guy this offseason like Russell Wilson gives you a shout out in front of the media and says, keep, a guy, keep an eye on 89, what did that do for you? Man, that's amazing. That's it was super humbling, and you know, you, I couldn't imagine. You know, I'd be you know hearing something like that from Russell Wilson. Um, you know, before before my before I come in here, so you know, just just take it in and keep working. We see every day after practice, the starters uh, and a few other guys uh, hanging out in the red zone, working with him, maybe for a half an hour or so. Sometimes, uh, what's that time like getting that extra work in with Russ? Um, I believe that that's what's really going you know, set us apart from, you know, a lot of other teams and, and things like that. I mean, just just really that, that, that working those fine details and things like things you, you can't really get in meeting rooms and, you know, from just regular practice time, it's that extra work that's going to kind of, you know, separate yourself. And coming in here, what's been the hardest jump for you? What, is it in the meeting room or is it out here on the field? Um, I would say maybe so just, uh, just applying everything that we get in the meeting room to the field. Because, I mean, we, it's so much information being, being taught to us, so much information we have to learn and retain and be able to come out and execute. So I think, I think that's probably the hardest part. Now, you have a relationship with Broncos uh, wide receiver coach, Zach Azani, right? He, he recruited you to Tennessee, is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And how has that relationship worked now at the pro level? Um, it's the same. Coach Z is a, a, a hard-nosed coach, and, you know, he's going to be on you regardless of if he knows you or if he's not. So it's been cool. Um, Definitely think I've, you know, grown in my game, you know, being with Cozy. 
And then uh, on the other side, you get to go up against a guy like Pat Sertan, or you see him on the other side at least. You guys were in high school at the same time together, huh? Yeah, so yeah, we went to the same high school. <laughs> and so now to catch up all these years later, has that been cool? Yeah, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see how he's grown to, you know, one of the best league it's amazing to see so i'm super happy for him and i can't wait to see what he continues to do just a couple more for you here brandon uh, when a guy like tim patrick goes down nobody wants to see anybody get injured but did you think okay maybe there's an opportunity for me now if i see this thing all the way through um yeah i mean that's always in the back of your mind well first and foremost i want to say we're praying for tim and we love tim and um great receiver um but that was never really like the focus the focus was really just doing my best, doing my part. I never really looked at it as like, oh, okay, uh, you know, it's my time not to shine. No, it just, it just, I wanted to continue, I wanted to continue to do my best. You just control what you can control, right? Exactly. Got it. And then, uh, you know, this is obviously a tense time here, you know, for all guys, but especially uh, young guys coming into the league with cuts coming up and stuff. What's your mentality here this next week? Um, same mentality I had since I've been here. Um, just to put in the work, continue to try to prove my value and, you know, only control what I can control. I mean, I can't focus too much on the decision that's going to be made. I can only just, you know, do my job. You've really shined in these games and, and out of here at practice. Was there ever a moment where you're like, I can do this? I think as you continue to make plays, your confidence level does rise. But um, I think I always had that, you know, quiet confidence to myself that, that you know, I belong here. The last one for you here. Your cousin is Chad Johnson, right? Yes, sir. What has he told you about this process, and uh, how has he helped you try to make this transition to the NFL? Man, he just, just told me to continue to do my thing. You know what I'm saying? Just let the, car, let, let the cars, let the chips fall where they may, and, you know, be you. Brandon, we're wishing you well. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, my thanks to uh, Brandon Johnson spending some time there. Uh, a lot in his past that we touched on there, Eric. Of course, uh, at the end, they're talking about his cousin, Chad Johnson. Always cool when you have a former NFL wide receiver like Chad Johnson. Brandon Ochocinco. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he's wearing the 89. He could have been. In, That's true. Maybe been he asked number. Albert O if he could have the, have the number. Said, no. You got to prove yourself first. Yeah. You know, that could have been it. Uh, of course, Zach Azani, the Broncos wide receiver coach, recruited uh, Brandon to go play at Tennessee. Yep. Brandon, a, a big-time recruit coming out of American Heritage in Plantation, Florida, the Fort Lauderdale area. If you think, okay, maybe I've heard of American Heritage, that's because that's where Pat Sertan II went. Pat Sertan went, of course. And they were there at the same time. Now you fast-forward fast to this here, and boom. And, of course, the other yeah. connection – Dad played for the Rockies. Well, yeah, for a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. That is a crazy little uh, connection yeah. there. Meant to be. A lot. A lot there. A lot of connections. Yeah. So I'm glad that uh, we had a chance to talk there. Uh, obviously, when Tim Patrick goes down, nobody wants to see that. Right. But uh, you can't help but think, like, hey, when, when some guy goes down, that creates opportunity elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, he's that big body type guy that I think we were all looking for to replace Tim Patrick. Not him necessarily, but you thought, okay, well. You know, KJ Hamler can't step into that role the same way that a bigger bodied guy uh, can. And, you know, I, I think he's got as good a chance of any of earning a roster spot and being, you know, the Broncos have a great history of undrafted free agents making the 53. I think he he has the inside track right now to be that next guy. So let's go through it here. Uh, obviously, Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I think okay. he's going to make he's, it. I think so. Jerry Judy. He'll make it. Uh, KJ Hamler. Yep. Montreal, Washington. Yep. Okay, now it starts to get 
somewhat interesting here. Because Dwayne Stukes, the Broncos special teams coordinator, was at the podium here just next to us because we're outside on the practice field. Right. You know, uh, right next to us here, Eric, said that he would love to have Tyree Cleveland on this team. Right. We haven't seen Tyree Cleveland in a long time. No, he's he's been well, out here. In the cafeteria. He's been out here doing some work. He's getting closer to coming back, but yeah, his his throat injury has kept him out. Okay, let's just one second here. He got hit in the throat, right? Yeah. Okay. How long would you be out with a throat injury? Forever. Like I mean, this is how we make our living. Forever. Is talking. Forever. He got hit in the throat and yeah. broke some cartilage. Yeah. I didn't even know there was cartilage in there to be broken. Exactly. How does that happen, Eric? Well, if you ask Nathaniel Hackett, it's because he didn't know what was going on. Yeah, but but he took a helmet to the throat. How? How does a helmet? <laughs> I think there's a reason that it's like an odd injury. It is odd. I've never heard of a throat injury yeah. like that. Well, now heard we have. Heard of a sore throat, but he had a broken throat. His throat was probably sore too. You think he took a lozenge or no? <laughs> some, yeah, some a little lozenge. Honey? Yep, tea and honey. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, that's what I do. The interesting thing about wide receiver Phil is that. The, it's that one position where you can't really say this is how many guys are going to make the team. A lot of positions you can say, okay, you take this many, take uh, four. you take this many inside linebackers, you take this many corners, you take this many safeties. Wide receivers, some teams take five, some teams take oh. seven. Montrell has uh, obviously proven himself to be the returner. Yeah, and he's probably done enough on the offensive side to be a, a contributor there too. Of course. So. That sort of takes away that, because some guys, some teams, they bring they bring out carry an extra guy because yep. the person is just a returner, right? So that is sort of out of the out of the table here for the Broncos. Yep. And now you're talking about okay, maybe a gunner with uh, Tyree Cleveland. They certainly like him in that role. Maybe Brandon Johnson can do enough there. Yep. So, well, so what I'll say is, I see. think the Broncos will keep six. Oh, I I agree. I know I think yeah. six too. I think that Kendall Hinton. I think if I had to guess, I'm going to say that uh, Kendall Hinton will make the team. Me too. And I'm going to guess that Brandon Johnson will make the team. And I'm going to guess, despite Dwayne Stukes' wishes, that Tyree Cleveland does not make the team. Yeah. It, it is going to be very interesting, Eric. But I think Brandon Johnson and, and Tyree Cleveland could switch very easily. Again, yeah. one of those performances, if Brandon Johnson goes out and has a great game, he, he has the edge here because he can go out and, and do, something do something about it. Yeah. Tyree cannot do something about it. Yes. And, and like I asked uh, Brandon there in the interview, but when Russell Wilson is saying, hey, pay attention to 89, he's stuck out to me. They do extra work out on the field here uh, after practice, like a half an hour after practice. Everybody else is going inside. They're still out there working. I mean, I don't think Russ would do that with him. Unless this guy was going to be a factor. Yeah, and, you know, if you need gunners, maybe you can find those elsewhere on the roster, corner, safety. Maybe you keep an extra safety who can play special teams. I think Tyree has never – well, not never, but it's not like he's flashed consistently as an offensive threat. And so if Brandon Johnson looks like he can be an offensive threat, maybe you lean toward him even if it hurts your special teams a little bit. Think about how crazy this would have been with Tim. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would well, have just been, like, impossible. I don't know how Brandon would have made the team with no, Tim. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, maybe maybe uh, we haven't talked about this position, but maybe down there at the bottom of the roster you see a situation where last year a team came and got Trinity Benson. Yes. Maybe a team says, hey, you know, we're interested in a, a Kendall Hinton or we're interested in a 
a Tyree Cleveland. The other guy who's really uh, showing some flashes is Jalen Virgil. Yeah. A, a speedster, a guy that maybe you sneak on the practice squad, but maybe a team calls about him. Oh, I, I think he would get to the practice squad. You think so? I think so. Just not a ton of stats in college. Okay. Um, He's flashed, though, I would say, certainly. And, I, you know, I would say that we talk very highly about these receivers and for good reasons, but I, I think most teams in the NFL have this sort of problem. Back, backlog. Just because, you know, wide receiver is a very easy position to notice if you're a media member. You can see these guys making plays. True. So you're like, oh, you know, Jalen Virgil, look at his stats. I think a lot That's of a teams have that sort of guy. Yeah. Speedster who shines a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think – Kendall's a guy that obviously he's a backup punt returner. I think he is a guy that's going to slide in there. And then I, I do think Brandon Johnson is going to make the team. And Kendall Hinton is like a guy that uh, does anything you want. Yeah. And I uh, like, he knows where he's supposed to be out on the field. Yeah. And, you know, like he's just, uh, he could be dependent and trusted. Yep. And I think when you got a guy like Russ, uh, trust, trust and like just being dependable and being like, I don't have to tell this guy seven times how to do this. Of course. He's just got it. I think that that's valuable. Absolutely. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about with the wide receiver position a little bit, Eric, is maybe all this depth isn't that big of a deal when it comes to the regular season because in Russell Wilson's past, it's usually been two targets on the offensive side of the ball that get the majority of the production. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. Um, You look back as, you know, last year, for example, a DK Metcalf, a Tyler Lockett, those are the guys. Um, you go back, Doug Baldwin. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Graham. Of course. Yeah. I, uh, I do think that that could be true from a Russ perspective. In Green Bay, that wasn't necessarily true with Nathaniel Hackett. Obviously, you have Devontae and then a lot of guys kind of in that second tier. Yeah. And so I think we're just still wondering about. What's this going to look like? Is it going to be more of Hackett? Is it going to be more of Russ? Um, yeah. And so, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think Cortland and Jerry are going to be the, the two main guys. Um, but it, my personal guess is that Cortland is going to emerge as a true number one. And then you're going to have, you know, maybe a Jerry, an Alberto, or whoever emerges at tight end. Um, the running game, kind of Melvin and Javante out of the backfield. But based on what I've seen in training camp in the preseason, you know, practices from what we've been able to watch – I think when there's a, a must-have play or a deep shot down the field. Cortland. Or in the red zone, Cortland. Yeah. Well, I will say they've been working on very specific things over and over and over just so that when it comes time in the game, there's no hiccups there. You know exactly how Cortland breaks to the yeah. sideline here and how Jerry, all these guys who are going to be the main targets, they Russ has got this down. You yeah. know? I'm talking – Russ throws a lot during practice. He does. Like he's like a baseball player. Yep. Just throws and throws and throws. I haven't quite seen that really from any quarterback since I've been here. No. It's been a long time. You've been here a long time. A lot of quarterbacks, Eric. Yeah. Frank Trapuca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Charlie Morton. Yeah. Peyton certainly did not throw as much as no. Russ does. Well, you see you know? guys across the league manage how much they're throwing. Yeah. Russ just been. He yeah. throws a lot. So, but yeah, that's why I do think that uh, it's going to be Cortland and Jerry primarily here. So that's our look at uh, some of the different position battles that we'll be uh, paying attention to in this final preseason game. Eric, let's move on though and get to one of our favorite segments voicemails. Hey guys, Jeff Flanagan. 
Uh, Phil. Wow. Wow, man. You finally got on Broncos now. I was, I was really excited. Um, you know, we've had a lot of Eric lately. It was nice to, nice to mix it up a bit. Um, I gotta say, you brought the heat today. Um, Joe Schobert, uh, I, I believe you said he, uh, he thought he was in shape. You know, maybe doing some workouts here and there. Thought he was good to go. Got on the football field. Realized, hey, this is a different story. That look, I don't want to, I don't want to say that was a shot, but that was a shot. Um, you know, hey, that that's what we that's what we come here for. You know, you didn't hedge at all, Eric. I think you probably would have hedged a little bit, but um, Phil, that was that was good. That was a. That was you might you might want to go on to what show is that with uh with Shannon and Skip. Might want to go on there. Uh, talking like that. Man, bring some of that to the neutral zone. Looking forward to the next one. Thank you very much, Jeff. Uh, I always bring hot takes no matter what show I'm on. That's so, what we try to do. Yeah, Broncos now, neutral zone, it doesn't matter. I bring it. That's right. I don't yes, hedge. Do. He kinda of took a shot at you. He said you'd be hedging. Well, it's okay, Jeff. I'll take a shot every now and then. Thank you very much for the voicemail there, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Uh, Eric, let's get to some uh, shout-outs here and wrap up this bad boy. Yeah. I'll sh- shout-out Craig Morton. I think I might have s- said his name incorrectly before. Oh. But uh, shout-out to Broncos. Great quarterback, of course. Yeah. Um, also, a Cowboys great. Of course. Yeah. I uh, also shout-out my Northwestern Wildcats. Well, what do they do? They're, they're in Ireland, huh? They're playing in Ireland this weekend, Saturday. Week zero. You know you're a good football team when you're playing in week zero. What's a grass situation like in Ireland? Is it nice and high? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Slow it down. I think they're just playing in like one of those fields. Slow it down. They're just playing in a field. A pitch. Yeah, exactly. Gotta go out onto a pitch and yep, play a little ball. I think so. Okay. So shame that they weren't there when the Broncos are playing in London. Otherwise you could maybe could have caught the game. Real bummer. Uh, our friends in uh what are they called now? NFL Ireland? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think maybe uh call them. Colin, Michael, yeah, yep. Michael, they'll be there. They're tweeting yeah. photos of Northwestern helmets. That's how you know it's real. That's how you know it's good. Eric, I'm starting to sweat. It is yeah. out here. Shout out Liz Gerald's. Of course. Some great What's community going on? work. We got the uh, kickoff luncheon this week. Coming up. That's big. Eric. That is I don't big. That's big. That's how the, how the Broncos charities they make a lot of their money. Uh, some nice partners in the community. Here. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. One more game to go. Cuts coming up next week, so it's a big week around here. And we'll have that all covered. Uh, we hear from George Payton next week and uh, see where he thinks this team is right now. I'm excited. I guess he's going to say a lot of positive things. Probably. That's what I'm guessing. So, All right. That's going to do it for us. For Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.